Ion 2020, episode 48. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray and your host, I on 2020, the place that you come to on a daily basis just to learn about the news and all the events that are happening uh, as we lead up to the 2020 elections in November of 2020. Somebody's going to be running against Trump from the Libertarian ticket, from the Democratic ticket. They are lining up on the Democratic side. We have more and more people announcing. Uh, I think there's about 10 or 12 people already that announced. They expect probably 22, maybe 23 people up on that debate stage come August, or come the middle of the summer or so when they start doing these debates. And you're going to have third-party candidates, like Green Party candidates, uh, Constitution candidates, Socialist candidates, all kinds of stuff, right? And uh, what we're going to be looking at is you know a pretty crowded field of candidates from the Democratic side. Got Bill Weld. He's decided that he's going to run against Donald Trump. I was reading a little article about him. He hasn't really made a lot of splash since he decided to run against Trump either, though. He's been kind of quiet, but they said that he's down on like a doing something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was just reading an article about it the other day. Said that he was out of town, like out of the New England area for a couple of days at some kind of conference. But they said once he gets back, he has a pretty full schedule in April you know, around the New England area and stuff, trying to drum up some support. Now, there's not going to be any sort of uh, primaries or anything like that until the beginning of next year. But usually they start getting debates going in the middle of the summer before the election year. So it should be summer in 2019. You're going to have debates that start among the candidates that are running on the Democratic ticket, I would imagine. And then... They really start getting lots of debates going towards the end of the year and then early in the beginning of the year because then they start having the primaries. They have the Iowa caucuses, the New Hampshire primaries, South Carolina, Nevada. You know those early primary states. They talk about those guys a lot. So I don't know that they're going to have any Republican debates. I can't imagine they would because the Republican Party itself is not very excited about the idea of having somebody run against Donald Trump to try to primary him and you know will that person get much traction anyway it's probably unlikely now i did hear a little bit of news as well last night they were talking about it fox news was kind of kicked out of or the democratic national committee and i guess they must have some kind of committee that makes decisions with regard to their debates maybe they have a debate commission of some sort but they decided that they were not going to allow uh, Fox News to run any of their debates, which I thought was kind of strange. But I mean, there we are in a we are in a 
divisive country right now, right? Like the Democrats, the Republicans, they're very much choosing their sides and everything has to be political and things like that. So Fox News has always been traditionally a conservative TV station. Most of their commentators are conservative. Now they call themselves fair and balanced, but you and I both know that that's not really the case. Uh, I can't stand watching Fox News. I can't stand watching MSNBC or CNN either. So um, I'm an equal opportunity hater in that world. I just, I, it's really hard for me to watch it. Sometimes I watch it though just to see what's going on, see what each side is saying. But uh, Fox News, traditionally a conservative station, and I can't imagine that the Democrats want those types of questions asked during their debate. I mean, that, that's the only thing I could think of. They don't want to be challenged during their debate. And I would imagine that Fox News will put some of their, you know, have a little bit different questioning going on within the debates. And that when I say that, if you watch the Republican debates in 2012, 2016, even in 2008, right? When you're watching these debates back then, the Republicans, Republicans had a large field in 2000. In 2016, they had a huge field, 22, 23 people that were running, and Donald Trump was on that stage as well at the time. And if you watch the news stations like CNN when they're running the debates, when you watch NBC when they're running debates, their line of questioning is a lot different. Like there's an assumption of a liberal spin on everything that they ask. So... I would imagine the Democrats don't want to have that sort of thing creeped in on their debate, so they want to have a consistent message against Donald Trump. They don't want to be challenged on some of the ideas that they have, especially when, you know, a lot of these candidates seem like they're very far left, right? So I was just reading this, or I was watching a news article about this, and it just seems like the Democrats, so if they're going to push Fox News out, I just assume that that's probably the reason why. That they just want to make sure that they are not questioned on some of their ideas. That there's kind of a, a united message going forward. That a conservative type, and we're calling, I'm calling Fox a conservative TV station, but they're the conservative leaning TV station, right? And I just imagine that they're gonna that the questioning would be a lot different than if it's coming from MSNBC or just the mainstream media. So I think that that's probably why. Now, if you remember 2016, though, I mean, think of it was CNN. They actually gave Hillary Clinton some of the answers previous or some of the questions previous to the the, the debate when he, they were putting her up against Donald Trump to debate. And that was a big controversy at the time. And also back in 2016, it was Hillary versus Bernie. There was really not. I mean, there was two other guys that ran against those two as well but it was really Hillary was kind of the chosen one so she wasn't really challenged that led to a very dry debate stage and that led to a very I guess I, I don't think it was good for the Democrats that they didn't have a lot of hype around their candidates because when you have 22 people on stage maybe, maybe that seems like it's a lot but the Republicans got a lot more attention for their debates than the Democrats did when you're watching them, you could tell. I mean, it was just a it was a different type of debate um, when it was just Hillary and Bernie up there versus when you had 22 people up there. And even in 2012, and I think it was 2008, 
Um, when Newt Gingrich spent a lot of time kind of criticizing the media for the way that they were asking questions, I believe that was 2008. No, it was 2012 when that happened. That's right. When Newt Gingrich was running and he was he he was even leading the polls for a while because the the news me, or the the anchor person that asked him the question I don't remember who it was I don't even remember if it was MSNBC or if it was CNN that did it it might have been ABC who knows they asked some just very specific questions that were coming from a libertarian or not a libertarian a liberal perspective with the assumption that you know, conservatives, I guess, were crazy for having a particular view. And then Newt Gingrich automatically gets up there and he calls them out on the way that they are asking those questions. Um, and they also, he called him out for asking him specific questions that had nothing to do with the presidential run and things like that. Um, but he really challenged the media on that back then. And the Republicans were getting frustrated at that time, I remember, because of the way that the media was treating them on those debate stages, on the debate stages, right? And I just imagine that the Democrats don't want to have that same issue as well. They want to be able to have a specific way that questions are asked, I'm sure. All the mainstream media, they're going to have a very liberal, a liberal look spin on what they're, the way that they're asking the questions, what they're asking, things like that. So um, that's fine. The Democrats, they can really do whatever they want to, right? They can decide not to have any debates. Who? I mean, that, that's up to them, I would imagine. It's their thing. Um, the government does sponsor it, though, and that's from a libertarian's perspective. That's where I kind of get a little upset with the two-party system is the fact that they're both the Republicans and Democrats are both christened into the system where the states run their primaries and... The states actually, I imagine the states pay for the primaries, right? They have to because the people are going to the, people are going to polls that are public polling stations to to vote. So it's not like the libertarians where they just send a bunch of people to a liber the, the convention and then they vote for their candidate that way. Like this is done, you know, on a national level. The way that they choose the candidates. So the, these two parties they're just christened in a certain thing. So they're. They, they can do it the way that they want to, but is it even right that they are allowed to do it the way they want to because, you know, everything within the primaries is state-sponsored in the first place? Um, who knows? But anyway, I just wanted to bring that particular bit of news to you guys uh, first thing first this week because that was something that was really, that to me, that was seemed really interesting that the Democrats would actually say to Fox News, you know, basically give them the finger and say, screw you. And, uh, but I mean, they could do whatever they want to, right? That's, that's, it's their primary. They can really do what they want to. The next thing that I wanted to talk about was something that a lot of the Democratic candidates, I think all of them actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong about some of these people, but um, it seems like all of them are for a specific idea and it start, starts with Bernie Sanders. He talked about it back in the 2016 campaign. And the idea is that college education is too expensive. College education, uh, there's too much debt around it. And that his solution is that the government should make all college tuition free. 
That's his solution to the problem. So let's dig into the problem, though. That's what we want to do. Whenever there's a solution that someone's offering, he offers a social solution, which would be socialize the cost of college education. But what is the, what is the actual problem that's going on with college right now? Let's find the, the problem. The problem that he says is that college education is too expensive and that students are taking out too many loans to pay for their college education. And when you look at, when you look at the problem, college education is too expensive, then the next step is kids are taking out loans. So the problem isn't kids are, take, are not, or they're taking out too many loans. It's the problem is that college education is too expensive, right? And we know from an economic perspective, when there's supply and demand, if there's an over, if there's more demand for something than there is supply, then the price is going to go up. That's, that's very basic economics, right? And we do live in a world nowadays where all kids somehow think they have to go to college. Uh, I mean, I know for me, my wife and I, we plan to send our kids to college uh, at some point. I don't know exactly how it's going to be paid for. We do have college funds and so forth, but I mean, prices are going to go up between that time. But one of the things that I always focus on is I lead my kids in the direction of, hey, when you do go to college, you want to get a degree that actually means something, not a, you know, just some liberal arts degree or some uh, degree that has, you know, like a, like a, you know, African-American studies degree or whatever, like degrees that don't really, a history degree, uh, unless you're going to be a historian or a, you know, a college professor, a history degree is not going to do too much for you in the real world. Like I push them towards a degree that like for my son engineering, like he really likes the idea of computer engineering. So, uh, he's a young kid. I mean, not that he's made his final decisions, but, and then my daughter has some ideas, you know, we have some ideas where we're going to push her towards too, but we're not going to offer to say, Hey, you know, go get some stupid liberal liberal arts degree that doesn't really get you anything when you graduate and expect to go to college and have it all paid for. That's not something we're going to do. But the, the college education, expensive, right? It's, it's it, The price has gone up significantly in the last 10 years, in the last 20 years. Um, there's always been loans, though. There's always been grants and things like that that you can get to help you pay for those things. But these students, they're graduating with what, fifty, sixty thousand dollars in debt. I mean, I've heard people say before that they have $150,000 in debt for a four-year degree, $200,000 in debt for a four-year degree. So I imagine if you go to Harvard and it's costing you $40,000 a year to go to college there, and you're going to pay free, and you're going to take out loans for your personal expenses and things like that, you know, you got to go out drinking and have parties, right? So you're going to take out lots and lots of loans to cover all the costs of that, that's not a good decision on the person that, that on that person's part. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for somebody that has two hundred thousand dollars in college debt for a four year degree that they got for a some liberal arts degree that doesn't help them out when they graduate from college, right? I don't have too much sympathy for that person. So let's just scratch that person off my list of people I have sympathy for right now. But then let's get down to the people that have $50,000 in college debt. That's a realistic number. So, for example, when I went to college, 
I think the first two years that I went to college, I maybe took out some loans, but it was very small amounts, like a thousand or two thousand dollars at the very most, not much. Um, so every semester I might take out a thousand dollars, but I had good grades, so I ended up having scholarships to go to college with, and then that was my first two years. But I did take out some loans to help pay or Pell grants, I think, and loans that were helped me to pay for books and for a little bit of extra money on the side, but I did work. So during the year, I would pay down those loans, right? And then the next year would come around and I would take out a few more loans and I would pay down those loans. But my last two years of college, I didn't take out any loans. I paid for all that college myself. I think I, no, I, I actually, I might've did a very similar thing that I did in the first two years, but I didn't take I didn't have all the scholarships at that time, but I had money that I would save throughout a semester to help pay for the next semester of college, as well as take out the loans. But I, I graduated from college and like within a month or two after graduating from college, I had all of our, all of my college education paid off. And if you're willing to work through college, then you don't have to take out money for spending money, right? Um, and you're not able to spend as much money out partying and doing whatever college students do because you have to work on that Friday and Saturday night. So I don't have too much sympathy from my standpoint for the people that take out all this, all this, um, these loans to pay for their living expenses and things like that. Now, kids do that, though, and... Not every kid is like I was. Not every kid is like, you know, most kids, they get into college and they probably even shouldn't even be there in the first place, right? So, but that doesn't address the root of the problem because college education has gone up significantly beyond just normal inflation over the last 20 years. So if inflation is at 3% every year, two or three percent every year, then you're gonna have the price a thousand dollars next year it's a thousand and thirty bucks. The year after that's a thousand and sixty bucks and so forth on up. But it's going up by twenty five, thirty percent a year sometimes, ten, twenty percent a year sometimes. And that is a problem, but the problem is a supply and demand problem and a easy money problem. It's more that than anything else. So for example, when kids graduate from high school, it's almost expected that they go to college. <clears throat> so you have a millennial generation, which is a very large generation. If you look at the number of students who are millennials and or people that are born in 2000, what would it be? Kids that are graduating today, they were born in 2000, right? So if you look at the people that were born in 1998, 97, 96, they're, those are very large generations, almost comparable to the baby boomer generation on that level. And then the number of students or kids that were born in 2000, 2001, 2002, it kind of trickles down a little bit. So you're at the max peak of the number of kids that are going to try be trying to go to college. So there is a bubble in that sense that a lot of money has gone into college education because they expect lots and lots of kids to be coming to those schools. So if you look at most colleges nowadays, you see building booms on these campuses because of the fact that there's a lot more millennials than they were generation X 
or gen, you know, but it's comparable to the baby boomer generation. But the baby boomers weren't as likely to go to college as kids are today. So you have a huge amount of students that are trying to go to college, and you have colleges that are trying to do everything they can to have the weightlifting rooms, the gyms, the restaurants on campus, the nice dormitories, these just immaculate campuses, and they're pumping millions upon millions of dollars into their campuses. They're adding, you know, extensive sporting goods or sporting facilities. Um, so there's just a lot of money going to these colleges to try to attract students to go to them, right? Because they're trying to get that money, which is the easy amount of money that you can get from student loans. So you graduate from high school, you're a CBC student, right? But you have a huge amount of universities that are trying to attract you to come, attract you to come to them as just a, 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 a not that good of a student. And you have a huge amount of con- or colleges that are trying to attract you to go to that school. And, the re- and they're saying, hey, man, no problem. You can get all these loans. Just come to our school. You can live on campus. We have great food. We have swimming pools everywhere. We have awesome dormitories for you. It's going to be a great party. You can just come here and hang out and then go to school. And we'll take care of everything else. All you got to do is take out the loan for the food program. Take out a loan for your living expenses so you can live in the dormitories. Take out a loan to go to college. Everything will be taken care of for you, right? So you have this huge incentive for kids to go to college because all the parents are telling them, hey, if you don't go to college, you're not going to be successful. And it's a proven fact you know, it's a fact that if you do go to college, you're going to have a little bit better outcomes four years down the road than the kid who stayed at home and didn't and just got a normal job, right? And didn't go to college. Um, now, there's something you can dispute upon that because if you're 18, you graduate from high school and you go and you get an electrician job and you're going to make, you know, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year as you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year, let's say as an electrician starting off, but you might make way less than that. So you might start off as an apprentice for the first two years, but you're making thirty thousand dollars a year, twenty five thousand dollars a year. Let's just use that number. Twenty five thousand dollars a year for two years, that's fifty thousand dollars that you made over the course of two years. And then over the next two years you're become an electrician and you're making thirty five, forty thousand dollars a year. And then eventually by year five you might be making $50,000 a year, and these kids are graduating from college with a college degree, making $50,000 a year. The electrician, during that time, he's made, though, you know, over $100,000, whereas the student graduating from college has $50,000 in debt, right? Um, so there's some things you could dispute and say, hey, college isn't that important, and you're really not going to make that much more money. But let's just go with what all the parents are telling the kids. Go to college, get your four-year degree, and then you're going to graduate and you're going to make more money. So I think there's 25% of those kids that aren't even going to graduate from college, but they're going to take on that $30,000 in debt. So they graduate from, or they, they drop out of college and they have $30,000 in debt. What are they going to do? So, but you have a huge supply, or excuse me, a huge demand for college education, and that pushes the price of a college education up because you have easy money. You have easy credit to pay for it. So the price is $10,000 Well, to go to college for one year, right? That's Let's say it's $10,000 to go to college for 
for one year, but it's easy for you to get those loans. So then you're not taking, the, you're not pricing it out. You're not shopping around because you know you're just going to really get it paid for. So it's like, do I want to go to, you know, University of Florida or do I want to go to Clemson University? I want to go to University of Alabama or do I want to go to Penn State? And you're making a decision based upon which one you like better rather than what the price is going to be a lot of times because you know that you could just take out loans to take care of it. So the demand is high. Easy money is there to get get the product that you want so it's going to cause inflation of those prices and that's what college education is doing but the politicians solution let me get back to the politicians the politicians solution is what what's the easiest thing that i can do i can just promise you free college education and i'll be able to buy your votes and that's that because because that's what politicians do they don't care about the public money is not their money, right? They're not going to give you a scholarship to go to college. They're not going to pull out their wallet and say, hey, man, hey, Ray, you know what? You want to go to college? You're a C student. Let me write you a check. They're not going to do that, right? But when it's the public's money, when it's not their money, but when it's the public's money, they treat it like it's dirt and they're willing to give it away in order to purchase your votes. And that's the government that we live under. And that's what the Democrats are doing in their way through offering, trying to offer free college education to everybody, make college tuition tuition, or make college tuition free. And that's what Republicans do in their own way. And that's what all politicians do, is they try to use the public money to buy votes. And that's exactly what these guys are doing when they say, hey, we want to make college education tuition free so that's what i wanted to talk about today look into it if you want to i'm a libertarian um i've always looked at things and said you know what i want the government to do as little as possible uh i think that when you have corrupt people that are ruling over you uh not corrupt people because People are corruptible. Human beings are corruptible, just like anybody else in this world, right? And money is corruptible. Power makes people corrupt, things like that. So when you have flawed people, and all people are flawed, that are going to rule over you, then you want to limit the amount of power that those people can have over you. And that's from a libertarian perspective that's that's always my challenge is I want to limit the government as much as possible because I don't want those people to be able to have that much power over me because that power can corrupt even the best of us even the best of us the power can corrupt the only one that I've ever seen so far is like Ron Paul that's the only one that I ever saw that he had the sign up that says don't steal the government doesn't want or doesn't like competition you know, and he had a sign on his door that says, if you're trying to get money out of me, you know, if you're trying to get by my vote, then you could just turn around and walk away. Like, that's that's the type of guy that he was. There's a few of those people in Congress right now, but they are few and far between. And those people will sell their soul, sell their integrity, sell their, you know, sell they will sell their soul to the devil if it means getting a getting the a number of votes to stay in congress and that's just the way it's always been i even read 
I can't remember which politician it was, but it was like in the night or the 1840s. And he's the one that said, he said something to this effect. And let me make it a, let me try to quote it the best that I can. He said that the politicians will not reach into their pocket to hand out money to the people that need it. They won't do it. Right. Um, even though they have that money, even though they have plenty of money, they won't reach in their pocket to hand money to the person in need. But when it comes to the people's money, they treat it like dirt and they will more than be more than happy to use the people's money to buy their votes. Because in with that with that ability to use the people's money to buy, to buy more votes, then in that way, they're able to get more money for their own pockets. Maybe I didn't say it the best way that I could. I will look up that quote because I think it's a very important one. And it takes that libertarian perspective full that a politician is corrupt. You want that corrupt person to have as little power as they can, so you have to limit that government. And uh, one thing I don't want the government to be doing is being in charge of education, uh, especially at the higher level. Obviously, they're in charge of the education at the lower level, but as soon as you put them in charge of education at the higher level, um, I guarantee you it'll fall fall apart as well. It'll become another one of those political things that they use as a football in order to gain votes, and that's what they'll do. So um, anyway, this is Ion 2020. That's all I really want to talk about today. I appreciate you coming out and listening. It is Monday, and I appreciate um, all of my listeners. I really do. If you want to go ahead and follow me, you can follow me. Uh, it's at I on the Empire, and that's my Twitter handle. And please, if you can, while you have a second, go ahead and uh, subscribe to the show so you can hear the show tomorrow. Uh, I have multiple other shows as well. I'm almost hit, hit in episode 50. I'm really excited about that. But um, if you want to go back and listen to some other shows, do that as well. Give me a, a five-star rating if you can as well and review the show. I do appreciate you listening. This is I on 2020, your place to have clear vision for the 2020 elections. Come on back tomorrow and listen to me.